Hello, this is episode 129 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Misha. This episode is going to be on the team gap, the one that I see that's forming at the moment. The exams have been cancelled. The points race is gone for this year. We're starting to see glimmers of an argument to get rid of it permanently because many are starting to see that it's not a level playing field. The universities are going online. Cambridge announced that they're online until September 21. You don't need to submit test results for a place for many American universities. I joke if education was on the stock market, it has the same value as crude oil currently. Education does have a value, but not a monetary status, and we've been focusing on this for too long. Then the status equates to success in our minds. Now, what would you do if you could do anything, if someone wasn't deciding what you could pick and you weren't picking it based on status? I've always been drawn to people who don't just stack up academic qualifications. They start a life journey and the qualifications follow, or they do the minimum to get started. So I I was thinking about this, and I'll pull out some examples. So Jane Goodall did a secretarial course. But in order to save the money for her first trip to Africa, she went back to waitressing. It took her five months to save the money. Rachel Carson was a marine biologist, but she was mostly a report writer and editor for the Bureau of Fisheries. David Attenborough studied zoology and geology, having got a scholarship, but he started life in a publishing house. Agatha Christie had little formal education, but she did study photography later in life to help her to have a place in the archaeological digs with her husband. Amelia Hart did a minimum of education, but ended up being an advisor on aeronautical engineering to Purdue University and being a mentor to female students. Eleanor Roosevelt finished education at 17 became the chairperson of the first United Nations Commission on Human Rights. They just did what they needed to get started in life. I realised after that I'd pick personalities that resonated with me. We all do this, we all need to gravitate to what resonates with us. It's why we need to have heroes and is why it's one of the first questions I ask teenagers when I work with them, who do you admire? And many don't have the answer, because we all gravitate towards what resonates with us. I describe my own qualifications like war medals. I only did them to survive education for a greater purpose. Some personalities only feel good when they're seen, when they're understood. There's many of the introverted ones. Others, when they make money, when they feel like they are able to earn their own way and many of those are extrovert. Others, it's when they create. They're highly feeling people. When it's only when they've created something and brought it into the world that they feel whole. Many people want fame. They want others to follow them. And that's been the birth of a lot of gamers and bloggers. At the moment, I see such a reshuffle. What is the team role in society? In the case of my parents' generation, many people were working at their age and having the opportunity to carve out their path. Like many of the ones that I've used as an example, 
because they're all from that generation or slightly older. If we're not going to school, and if education has a new look for the foreseeable future, where is their role and what is their purpose and how are they going to support the community? We have a long summer ahead in many places. We now have a localised economy, but we have the global potential from that because it's a very tech-savvy nation. So in one sense, we've become very localised in our thinking, which a lot of people predicted would happen about a decade ago because it wasn't sustainable for us to keep travelling so much. But in the other sense, similar to my own work, it's possible to sit in a localised economy but work globally. I always tell people to focus on what they're good at and what they enjoy, their passions. This is a time to focus on passions more than ever. And those that need to be earning in order to have a self-worth will find a way to monetize those. We have a generation of people, more than one, who've been just sitting around waiting for life to start when they finish education. And in fact, many of my teaching team have talked to me over the years as they work with university students and they try to point out to them that the ones that make it in the mix are the ones that do the extra, that do the work experience, that do the placements, that do the internships, that work on their passions outside their jobs, who've been doing the volunteering. It's those people who've been carving out a niche for themselves, who've been doing well for the last couple of decades within the world, not the ones who have just stacked up the education. And if I look at my own university path, it was mostly built around all those extra elements that I was doing between the students' union and the various working groups in the college and also nationally involved in student politics nationally as well as within the university that I was in. It was all those elements that I did. And if I look at other people, many of those found their themselves within the drama society or the music society or other or political and debating society. Those were the aspects that brought out the best in people and gave them a better sense of who they are. Now there's a danger of not starting at all, that we're waiting for normal to return, we're waiting for education to resume, we're expecting people to be able to find themselves in online classes living within their bedrooms. And I fear that there's going to be a stunt in development of growth here. Because if you're just focusing on the education to build your future, all those extra parts that you would do on a university campus that you might find access to are suddenly gone. And I think now is a time for people to realise that not everyone has gone to college to make themselves. And we're not all going to college now. We are investing in education and lifelong learning, which is what many of the examples that I started with did. They did a certain amount of education in order to give them the passion and the access to keep learning whatever it was they needed to learn. Like Amelia Hart is an excellent example of that as somebody who self-thought themselves all of the mechanics that they needed to fly a plane across the Atlantic. So now, rather than people just focusing on what they want to do when they grow up and what education they want to have, 
I would like people to focus on what their passions are, what they're good at, what their purpose is, what place they can have in society. There are many people at the moment carving out a role within their localised economy and adding support to their community in all sorts of novel ways. And I think that we need to look at that rather than just sitting around and waiting for the online classes to start. This is an opportunity for us to have a big reset on why we have education and what it brings to us and how it allows us to build ourselves and how it allows us to invest in our future and allow us to fulfil both our needs but our purpose in the world as well.